Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Frugal Friends Book Club Winter Edition. Four books to kick off the new year. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Mm. Yes, welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. And book club. (laughs) And book club. I am Jen. I'm Jill. And this is, I have loved, I loved the, uh, the last one that we did, uh, the book club series and you guys enjoy book recommendations. So here we are again, we're going to make it a recurrent thing three times a year. We'll give you four book recommendations. So you've got a book a month. Mm. There you go. It's so great especially for those avid readers. I, I am excited. We will use the same scientific method we used last time for the books this uh, time. Yes. I just it's um painstakingly created through many hypotheses and tests. Yeah, testing and the methods, can't, can't lots wait. of iterations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, trial, error, trial, more error. And uh, here we are. So, but first, this episode is brought to you by the One Week Spending Makeover. Yes, brand new. You haven't heard it before. Here it is. The One Week Spending Makeover. So January 2nd through 6th, mark your calendar. It's the first Monday to Friday of the new year. We are hosting a free one-week challenge with daily live lessons in your inbox, an exclusive pop-up Facebook community that you also don't need to be part of if you don't have Facebook. It's just a bonus, but you still get everything without it. And the goal of this one-week spending makeover is that in five days or less, you have a clear picture of your past spending, a foundation for values-based spending, and a plan to improve and implement moving forward. We're looking at past, present, and future spending. That's what the spending makeover is. We're doing that in five days. There's going to be prizes, free PDF downloads. We're going to be live with you every day, uh, especially that, that Wednesday right in the middle. So much more. If you want to kick off your 2023 financial goals with a bang, then join us for the one-week spending makeover. It's free, and you can sign up at frugalfriendspodcast.com 
slash makeover. Oh, I can get a makeover for free? Yes, if you're spending. It's so great. Spending. You're spending. That's where I probably need it the most. And so. you're doing Especially most of the work. Of the <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yay. I'm excited for that. Yes. So if you love books, then definitely you're going to want to also listen to our last Frugal Friends Book Club episode, Four Books to Read in the Fall. And that is episode 235. And maybe you will feel you'll resonate more with that group of books than this. But this is a good group, good, good group of books here. <laughs> good stock. They come from good stock. Good stock. All right. So let me, the, the, our famed and prized trademark patented book selection process. Scientific method. Scientific method for selecting our book club books. Um, it's, for, it's not a quarter. It's for a triannual. I don't know. Triannual. All right. Four books. Our first book, Something Old, or then five years. Our second book is Something New, or then one year. Our third is something borrowed from our listeners. So something you suggested to us. And our fourth is something with a blue cover. Oh, That's such it. a method, such a scientific. That is the method. Method. Trial, errored, tested, and uh -huh. now tried and true. And Approved. it's a tradition that brides use. So if brides on their wedding day feel like they need to have something old, something mm -hmm. new, something barred, something blue, pff, of course, we're going to replicate yeah. that scientific method for our book club recommendations. Yeah. And you know what? They've got a 50-50 shot at being right. And we've got a 50-50 shot at being right for you. <laughs> so we yes. feel that this is good. This is a facts. These are, we're just laying down facts for you here. So let's get into our first book, which is something old, er, than five years. Uh, and that is The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And why did we pick it? Well, I, I picked this one because it is, it defined the way I and thousands of other people invest. And it's amazing start to investing. I know some people like live and die by it. I wouldn't go that far. I would skip the chapter on bonds for sure. As long as you know you should have some and and by the end of the book you can figure out how many you want. There you go. You're good. <laughs> but I so this is a really good easy to read book on investing. And that's why it's been so popular for so many years. It's why it's our something old pick because it's tried, it's true, and it's really, I mean, it's used by a lot of people, even more than our scientific method for picking out books. <laughs> <laughs> well, vulnerability segment, I know we're not there yet, but... You are convincing me to read this book because I've, I have not read it. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about throughout our podcast learning 
and not being afraid to ask the questions and being able to do some of the difficult things or things that we thought were unattainable for us, this is the next step in how we do it. Yes, we can listen Mm -hmm. to podcasts and we can talk with friends and that is great and that will get us decently far. But if there's more that we want to take a deeper dive in, we wish we knew more about, that's where these books are going to come in handy. So especially for building upon tools and resources. And I think books can fit a variety of different needs and means for us. Sometimes we turn to books for escape, sometimes rest, sometimes knowledge, sometimes tangible tools. And certainly this one falls under that kind of tangible tools, lifelong learning category where, hey, I don't know much about investing. Let me fill in the blanks here with something that's being recommended to me. I think that can be part of the problem too. I know I want to learn more about investing or wealth building, but I don't know where to start. Hearing it from you, Jen, and others who have said, this is this has been really helpful for me. Oh, that takes a lot of the guesswork mm-hmm. out. So I think, and for me, that's, that's more so where I'm at. I'm not necessarily one who reads things just for pleasure. I don't know what that says about me, but I read things to grow professionally, to learn more about some of the therapeutic in- interventions I'm trying to utilize with clients and and then for personal growth. And so this, for me, falls right into that category. And to have something kind of written out, here's what you need to know about investing. I can take what I need. I can learn more. Fantastic. Yeah, he really does make it so simplified And some may argue like oversimplified. So we have, I have an investing course that actually when this comes out, it may already be broken up, but I'm in the process of breaking up to put it into the Frugal Friends Club. So to make it mini courses to put it in there. And that dives a little deeper into some of the ways you can make your investing a little more well-rounded, but still simple. And that I I gleaned that wisdom from a lot of other investors, financial planners, books and stuff. I read them so that you don't have to. But if you're looking for a very just beginner, simple, like set it and forget it way to do things very easily up front, The Simple Path to Wealth made me realize that I don't need some person that I don't know to manage my money for me, to manage my the biggest amount of money like that I will save in my lifetime, my retirement savings. I assumed that once you got to that point where you were ready to invest, you just gave it to someone and they invested it for you. And it was when somebody recommended this book to me and I read it is when I realized, oh my gosh, this is technology has made investing so accessible for people. I no longer need to do that. It is very easy to do it yourself. And you can just stick to the stuff in this book and be very successful long-term. And if you find an interest in it, you can definitely take it further. It's not either or, it's it's both and. Mm, imagine that. Mm-hmm. And for our next book, Something New-er Than One Year... <laughs> is Messy Minimalism by Rachel Crawford. And a couple of reasons why we chose this book. First of all, is this emphasis that minimalism doesn't mean perfection, which is definitely one of those myths that we do try to push back on. Minimalism doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Minimalism doesn't have to look one way. Minimalism doesn't have to mean perfection. And Rachel 
kind of continues to affirm and tease out that idea. Uh, I, I like how, so I'm on the Amazon description of it too. And the way that it's describing the book, I think can feel really relevant to a lot of people like drowning in tides of toys, overflowing closets, crazy schedule. Rachel Crawford assumed that you'd be naturally organized to keep a tidy space. Then she found minimalism, the messy, real-life kind that is less about perfection and more about purpose. Thus began a journey toward decluttering her home, calendar, soul. So if this is something that you're interested in in this new year of how can I find a minimalism that works for me, this could be a really great book for you. Another reason why this one is recommended is that in part of that journey that Rachel talks about is looking at conscious consumerism. And so if if minimalism is maybe the result of this process, conscious consumption is a big part of that journey. And so not just stuff, but time. And so having a book that kind of covers all of those different domains can be really helpful. So minimalism that works for you, looking at Rachel's journey, messy minimalism. And we like alliteration too. Yeah, absolutely. And she has a great Instagram account too. I forget what her Instagram account is, but I follow her. And it's always very practical minimalism, which I appreciate more than some other creators that that take it very like, like existential almost, where we're very into the practical side of minimalism. And yes, we believe minimalism in, you know, more than just physical space does help your mental processes, your energy, all of that. But we're very much into practical minimalism that's saying the less stuff you have, the less you time you spend cleaning it. And the more willing you are to have people over to hang out instead of going to a bar. And all of these practical things, the, you know, the less hectic your schedule is, you know, the less the fewer times that you are shopping, the more time you have to do things that either make you money or to invest in the things that money can't buy. So we're very into the practical aspects of, of minimalism, and Rochelle definitely talks about those on her Instagram and her and expounds upon them in her book. So she, the, the subtitle is Realistic Strategies for the Rest of Us, if that gives you any idea. So. And oops, it sounds like it's Rochelle and not Rachel, even though they're spelt... I did try to highlight it in I, I highlighted it as you were saying it and you just kept saying it. Oh, I, I like, didn't oh, know. God. I wasn't looking at the outline when you were doing that. <laughs> you were just you were in the flow. You were in it. In it. It was just sorry, great. Rochelle. Yes. But we will we will read your book. Mm-hmm. And that is that's what you really want. I don't care if somebody calls me Jessica, as long as they listen to my podcast. Some people will call me Gillian, even though my name is spelt with a J. Huh. Gillian. They just think that it should have been with a G and then sounding it out with a G. I don't even know what to tell you. So empathizing with you, Rochelle, in the way that I just butchered your name. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? 
It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. (laughs) All right, moving on to something borrowed from our listeners. So every once in a while, we'll get on our Instagram at Frugal Friends Podcast, and we will ask you for book recommendations. And from those, we will pick one to borrow essentially from your bookshelf and add to our book club. And this one, several times recommended. And it could have been recommended by me. It could have also been one of our something old choices. And it's I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. There is no better book to start the year off than this one. Honestly, it is our personal finance book of choice. Chapter four, specifically on conscious spending, has had a huge impact on our values-based spending philosophy. So if you really enjoy our values-based spending, values-based budgeting, all of that, like the things we talk about, you're very much going to enjoy chapter four of I Will Teach You to Be Rich. We are chapter four, if it exploded. We are chapter uh, four. <laughs> essentially, we we have expounded upon it uh, infinitely. Uh, so he does, it, it is written for maybe people that are of maybe a higher income bracket, definitely above the average median income, definitely not for wealthy people. So I'm talking like, if you're making 60 to 100, something like that. But literally, it doesn't matter how much you're making, you can still glean wisdom. But a lot of his examples are in that income range and, and higher. But 
He also lives in New York City. So take that with a grain of salt because a higher income there is, you know, lower in other places. So I, I love... I'm not one to just, uh, you know, follow a six-step plan to wealth and or a ten-step plan or seven-step plan, which is what most financial authors tout. And this one is no different. But I love the way in which the information is presented. I did find it. I read this probably five years ago, and I was challenged by some of the things that I read. And I loved that. If you love to be challenged, then this is a good book for you, but it's all very common sense. If you are looking for just uh, one book to rule them all, not one, it's not the right. It's if you're looking for one book that's got everything, this is my favorite for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you talk about this one a lot and Mm -hmm. another vulnerability segment still haven't read it. But these two are standing out to me. For me, I think I will go with the I will teach you to be rich and the simple path to wealth. Just because that fills in the blanks for me on some of the things that I feel like I'm not an expert in. Yeah, I don't read. I'm an audiobook listener. Yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. So I'll get it from the library. And all of these are available at the library. Mm -hmm. Is that's one of the things I check for, at least in my library. They are available. If it's not available for my library, I have a pretty robust library system in our city. If it's not there, I don't put it on. Yeah. So trying to make that as a, like accessible to as many people as possible. And for our final category, something with a blue cover. Yes. Or something blue. <laughs> a lot of books have blue cover. So that's they convenient. They do. You would you would be surprised that this is not a hard one to look for. Yeah. So even with all the options of blue covers out there, we picked this one, Set for Life by Scott Trench. You re- you may remember him. You may know this name. We had him on our podcast, episode 161, talking about home buying. He is a real estate investor and co-host of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, CEO of Bigger Pockets. So, but in this one, he's specifically talking talking about kind of making money, achieving financial goals at a younger point in life. And so one of the reasons that we picked this one is that it does offer a good perspective on building wealth earlier in life. So if that's something that you're interested in, what are my options as if you are a younger person, you kind of want to be getting at some of these big goals earlier on. To me, it strikes me a little bit more of that FIRE movement, financial independence, retire Mm -hmm. early. Not all of that am I or are we completely on board with, but again, alternative perspective, something to get you thinking, him telling his story of what he did. I appreciate the bullet points of what the book is going to be highlighting, saving more income. So maybe ways to live off of 50% and save 50% while still having fun. How to explore possibilities of doubling or tripling your income within maybe a three to five year range. How to track your financial progress and, and achieve some of the greatest, most influential results. How to build frugal and efficient habits to make the most of your lifestyle 
it sounds how to secure in quotes real assets and avoid false ones that might destroy wealth looking at real estate and stock investing to generate passive income so those are a few of the highlights and if this sounds interesting to you if this feels like it's going to fill in some of the blanks some of the questions that you have some of the things you're pondering this could be a great option for you yeah i like this one so i haven't read this one but i actually like before, so there's an updated version, and I think both covers are blue, but the the new cover is definitely blue. But I had somebody several years ago read it, and their mind was just blown. And I was already familiar with Scott and, you know, had heard him speak, had heard him like he's just a he's a great guy. He's very smart. And what he did was very unique and set him up for long-term success without having to be as on fire or as as vigilant as some other fire people seem to be. So I just love that. It seems like a very strategic and not extremist way to achieve fire. But I also love it because it's a little bit different than I will teach you to be rich. So you might benefit from reading both, but you might be able to choose which one makes more sense for you in your season. So Ramit is a big proponent for renting. He is a big rent guy. And then Scott over here is like, you should buy a house, like a duplex or something that you can rent out to a roommate and then do that for several years and then buy something else keep renting out the other house and then just like kind of keep doing that until you feel like you want to settle. So he's big into not like intense real estate investing and also not intense stock or retirement investing. It just is a very, it's kind of like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not in our 20s anymore, but we rent out our house, our first house that we ever bought. We rented out and we bought it with the intention of renting it out. We bought our first house knowing this isn't going to be our dream home. It's not in our dream location. We will rent this out eventually. And we are. And we bought another house now that has a part in the back that we will be renting out. And I don't know if we'll ever leave here. I'm still tired from renovating. (laughs) So I can't think beyond that. Yeah. Uh, But our first house, we didn't even have to renovate. We just, we got a good deal on it mm-hmm. and it was already renovated. So that was great. So yeah, I really love that method and it does focus on that a little more intensely. Whereas I will teach you to be rich um, focuses on like set it and forget it investment um, and also gives some great, you know, frugal living tips and, and focuses a lot on, I would say more increasing your income versus the real estate, like gradual investing part. Both books are great. Both strategies, you should know both so you can decide if you want to do both one or neither. Uh, But I just, I love the, um, they're both very successful people Mm -hmm. and they're doing it different ways. And it shows you can be very successful 
and do things very differently from somebody else who's very successful. Exactly. It further highlights the ability to find what works for us, but it's super affirming to know a few different paths can be good ideas. Like it's Mm -hmm. not one set way. And so I think even if you kind of know the direction you're going, it's still worthwhile to hear, well, what are the things other people are doing? Or what is an alternative perspective to that? Just to be sure that the path you're choosing and taking truly is the right one for you, or to maybe even give some brainstormy, creative problem-solving ideas of how you might be able to do the path that you're choosing even better or with greater efficiency or effectiveness. I also love about this list how like seemingly all over the map it is, like talking about wealth building and investing and real estate and minimalism, which also just all falls under the umbrella of how massive this concept of frugality is, but the reality of how complex our lives and lifestyles and the span of life can be and the various decisions that we make. So I think what I would highlight here is identifying what is the one area that you feel like there's a gap in knowledge base or there's a gap in or or barriers to your lifestyle right now. And whether it's on this list or somebody else's list, but picking up a book or a podcast that's going to help fill in that gap so that we can keep growing and and getting Mm -hmm. better at the things that we are saying are important and that we value. Yeah. And frugality is being a good steward of your resources. And we think of that in the ways we spend primarily, but we keep emphasizing that it's in the way you spend your time. And so Ramit's really like... He gives a lot of um, negotiating scripts, especially for negotiating your salary, because where you work takes a lot of your time. So let's make the most of it. And for Scott, where you buy your house, the type of house you buy, that is a big investment. Let's be a good steward of that. With the Simple Path to Wealth, you can spend a lot of money in fees going to Uh, an actively managed fund or a financial advisor that's earning a commission on what they're selling you if it's not the right product for you. So you can pay, you can waste a lot of money to fees that you don't need to be paying. Uh, So you do save a lot of money by knowing these alternative ways. And not all actively managed funds are bad. You'll see he's a big proponent of Vanguard in this book, and they have actively managed funds. But Many, they are for a select few people at a select time. Uh, so, and you will, you'll figure that out or you'll learn about that the more you read about it. Uh, and so I, I love, and then obviously we know like minimalism, the less you buy, um, the less you consume the more money you will keep. And so all of these books are frugal living books, in mm-hmm. my opinion, mm-hmm. in some way or another. And uh, it emphasizes that frugality isn't a race to the bottom of spending. It is good stewardship of every aspect, everything that money touches. Yeah. Yes. And and resources includes time and being a good steward of our time and energy can also include in what ways are we being kind to ourselves, benefiting ourselves, helping ourselves learn and grow. And books are a massive part of that. So our podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
So well done being yes. here. Thanks for, li- you are both listening and learning right. about books. That's like double, double time. You're putting in double time right now. You pat yourself on the back today because you are it. You are doing it. The person that you want to be, you are. You are. You have defined yourself <laughs> in that way. You are her or him. <laughs> and you're only getting better. Do you know what else? It seems to only get better. It only gets... It, honestly, it does only get better. Well, and we're going to test that theory right now with the... Yeah. Bill, Bill of the, the Week! That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. This is Patty. I live up in Calgary, Canada. And my Bill of the Week that I'm thankful for is something that my parents will be paying for themselves. They had their house become unlivable in Fort Myers, Florida from Hurricane Ian. But my brother in Denver is going to get them in an RV today and come back and install them in an assisted assisted living housing just outside of Denver near him. It's very expensive, but we are so grateful that they will be able to pay it because they have been frugal their whole lives and they have taught me to be frugal. I've paid off my mortgage last year, and if I need to help pay for it, their assisted living, I can, and they will be taken care of and happy and safe, and even though they will miss their friends, uh, their community has been, you know, really tested down there, and they feel terrible about that, but they're in their mid-80s, and we are thankful to be paying that bill, so that's it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Wow. Patty, uh, first to your parents. Yeah, we are... The devastation continues mm-hmm. in Fort Myers, Port Charlotte, Sanibel. And it is something that we talked about in October. And it is December and we are still talking about it. It is still devastating down there and. So, so thankful that you were able to move your parents out of there because there are some parents that are down there that can't move. Gosh, they can't even afford to re-drywall their houses and mold is growing all over the walls. So that is amazing. That is an amazing benefit of, of frugality and good stewardship of resources. Yeah, what a lineage. And when we talk about legacy, I I hear that coming through in what you're describing. Your parents living a lifestyle that's allowing them to make these pivots even in really crisis, unforeseen, difficult times, but the ability to now have options because of the way that they've managed money and the way that you have carried on that amazing trait and 
behavior and decision making in your own self with a paid off mortgage. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> and the lifestyle that you're living that has afforded that. And yeah, just what's happening now for your parents, your brother, yourself, the peace of mind that can come with that, your your parents moving. I mean, I know it's not an easy thing. That's quite a transition, but my goodness, Denver and Colorado is beautiful. I have often said, if Mm -hmm. I didn't live where I live in Florida, I think I'd want to live in Colorado. So your parents are living that reality. And and I hope it's a really great assisted living place for them. I mean, well done on all of these bills. Absolutely. And in that transition. You've brought up a point that I've been passionate about for a really long time is that you you planned well enough to be able to take care of your parents when you needed to. And typically when we think about caregiving for our parents, it's not till 50s or 60s when it very much is almost too late for us to do anything about it, to prepare financially because we're just prepared. We're trying to, you know, maybe sometimes starting just to prepare for our own retirement. And in that time is when parents start to need caregiving. And if they haven't prepared for it, then that will definitely stall your own preparations for your own retirement because those needs are more immediate. This is something that we need to be thinking about starting in our 30s, honestly, is what have my parents prepared? What have they not prepared? Do I have the margin to... or In what capacity do I have the margin to be able to prepare to help them? Um, And and how will that be divided between siblings if it will be? Uh, so, So this is something that nobody wants to think about. Everyone will deal with. The average age people say they want to retire in a survey, people said 64 was the year they wanted to retire the actual average retirement age is 61. And that's not because people are saving more and being pleasantly surprised and retiring early. That's either because of A, health reasons or B, caregiving reasons where they have to leave their work to care for either their parents or their spouse's parents or something like that. Um, Those are the the two most common reasons. And so this impacts your retirement, thinking about your parents. And Patty, I'm so glad that you you brought this up and you were able to, A, have parents that prepared themselves and taught you to prepare, uh, not only so that you can, you know, support yourself, but you can, you know, bless your parents should they need it, mm-hmm. should a random hurricane Ugh. throw off their plans yeah. <laughs> for retirement. Yeah. So, yeah, this is something I want to talk about more on the show do it do an episode in the new year but yeah thank you patty thank Congratulations. you patty for highlighting all of this so much food for thought and highlighting just another episode that we need to do but you are just modeling well the way that this can look and and again i do hope that this transition goes well for your parents thank you so much for your bill if you all listening are in a similar position of the ability to help your parents or the things that you've learned from your parents or Having a paid off mortgage, who knows? There's so many different yeah. bills. You know, or just you know a bill. Have a you parent know. named Bill. Yeah, that's all we require. Yeah. <laughs> We're loosey goosey over here. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We are ready for it. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. And now we're moving into around. Oh, okay. It is time for the lightning round to get vulnerable. So let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> this what you one got? is from What's Gold- the vulnerability? I love, I love how just just jump jump. Goldie didn't even like give us any like runway. She just jumped to intense. <laughs> and her question for us today is a book that made you question everything that you know. <laughs> and Jill, I I'm puzzled by your answer. I look forward to hearing you your explanation start, about I it. feel like you, you want me to start. start. Yeah, because you've got probably like a more realistic answer. Because I us. wrote down a book. Because <laughs> I wrote down a book. Yeah. Is that why I should start? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Because you took the you took the assignment seriously. <laughs> I understood the assignment. Yeah. Okay. So mine is maybe it didn't I don't know if it made me question everything that I knew, but it was the most recent book that I read. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? Everybody is suspicious. (laughs) Skeptical of everything everywhere ever. Which I already am. But this just made me more so. Lean in. And and nobody is surprised. Uh, The book is called Cultish. And hold on. Let me pull up. I listened to the audiobook for free from Hoopla, which is my library systems audiobook and ebook app. All right. So it's called Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism by Amanda Montel. And if you like cults, this is the book for you. And so this author, Amanda Montel, she's a linguist and she studies language and specifically cult language because her parent, her father, I think, was in a cult. So she 
they push back on the term brainwashing and they and they say that and this is is fascinating because I've always had this like belief anybody the smartest people in the room join cults honestly like if you look at the history of cults like anybody can get into a cult so you just have to be aware so that that's not you and and this kind of emphasizes that in saying that cults don't actually brainwash. They use very specific language to make people feel part of a tribe and then to make them feel indebted to the tribe and then you know, kind of make them feel like they can't leave. So that is it it was like, and they said and they're like, it's not just cults. It's everywhere. Yes. People yes. use this language, this uh-huh. cult language everywhere, Business especially places. in marketing products. Yes. People use cult language to market products. We probably use cult language. Influencers. Influencers use cult language oh, essentially to away market themselves. I mean, we've never used cult language oh, with you guys, but maybe we'll start. Say never. You're right. Every time I say never, we always start. <laughs> so, but, are you yeah. recommending this book? Is this, is this yes. like the well, bonus yeah. round? Of- <laughs> so that just, I want you to know when we start using cult language, <laughs> yes. I want you to know yeah. that I want you to be able to identify. Full, be fully aware <laughs> of what we're doing. Uh, yeah. It is insane. Very good book for anybody that likes cults or just how uh, language is used to twist reality. Wow. Has very little to do with frugality and just more to do with, well, free entertainment. This book was probably free Okay, it was free entertainment, entertainment but then also it it goes into um, health and fitness, right? So we always say like these health and fitness places mm. like Soul Cycle, Peloton, they have cult followings and they have cult followings because they use cult language to create super fans. And so and like Peloton's not a cult, but people are buying $2000 bikes and biking every day and spending the money on the annual membership and they're doing all this stuff because they feel part of a tribe and they feel indoctrinated into it. You know, nobody's going to shun you if you leave. But yeah, I'm a bit that they that's how they get you in. But they might you might lose. I mean, how much of the community you're a part of in you can lose communities when you leave places. What's the thing you do? (laughs) CrossFit. Thank you. Oh, that's the first one they mentioned, Jill. CrossFit is the first one like, they you mentioned could leave, for cult language. But yes. imagine if you do, like you're not going to, not maybe intentionally or maliciously, but you certainly won't be going to all the community things that Correct. they do. You would lose Correct. community if you no longer did CrossFit. Yes, absolutely. And I love my community CrossFit. It's the one of the reasons I do it. But obviously it's like not my closest community. It's not the tribe I identify with. So, but yes, that community focus is a big part of why I am so committed to it. And yes, no, CrossFit, they, they, 
they start out the book with a yoga cult and then CrossFit. And I was like, okay, girl, we are getting spicy, but I'm here for it. You kept reading. What else you got for me? Yeah. Um, So it is a fun read. Well, similar to some of the different episodes that we've talked about with marketing tactics and how knowing marketing tactics can help us to spend more wisely and intentionally and be privy to those things. It sounds like this is kind of right up that alley and in a more intense way. Yeah. But this is this is what a lot of organizations, businesses, sales teams are trying to do. Make us feel like we belong and yeah, and they want the next. On that. And here's the thing: this is a, a small spoiler alert. There, the next cult wave, because there's cult waves. Like every decade has a, a different type of cult wave, you know. So you've got your hippie type cults in the '70s, and you got your tech and space, mostly space uh, type cults in the '90s. And she says the next cult was going to be consumer based. Like they're already seeing it. Multi-level marketing? Based. No. I mean, yes, she does talk <laughs> about multi-level marketing. Absolutely. Um, but it's going to be these cult followings of influencers and the products they hawk and the products they create. So that's what the cult... I mean, Taylor Swift just broke the internet, broke the internet. with, with yes. ticket sales. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, our internet went out for two hours and we just realized it was at the very time that Taylor Swift tickets went on sale. And I love that. <laughs> I, it may not be the exact yeah. reason that my internet went out, but I will believe that that's the reason. Yeah. And we're already seeing instances where influencers are trying to start their own like kind of cults. And they talk about, uh, she talks about that in the book, like influencers the new cult leaders and it's it is fascinating it did make me question it didn't make me question everything that i knew because i already kind of thought that way but it was wow it's not conspiracy theorist like either it's not like that but it's just how these people use the language in the same way that you know the leaders of jonestown and scientology and all of these other things they use very similar very interesting very interesting Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm part of a book club right now just the way we talking about we probably talked about this one more than all the the other books (laughs) it should have been it's a new book it would have been our something new yeah wow all right jill how about yours A book that made me question everything that I know. I said, my journal. <laughs> it is a book. Uh, two ways of two ways of looking at this, okay? Well, maybe more than that. I'll back it up by saying, you've heard me already describe this. I don't read many books. I don't know what to tell you, folks. It's not my main way of spending time. I swing hammers. There are many listeners out there who will feel seen by that. Okay. Don't feel ashamed. And so in the books that I have read, I can't say that, like, I questioned everything I knew. Like, life just isn't that extreme for me. (laughs) 
But that being said, I'm not even lying with this. This would have happened a couple years ago. I was going through my old journals and reading them, and it it did feel like a little bit of a upside down reality for me just to realize and recognize like what I used to think and say and do like what like if you would have asked me what kind of person was I at 10 or 11 I probably would have had a very different answer for you than what my journal of a 10 11 12 year old said like it was it wasn't even cute though that's the thing it wasn't even like oh this is so heartwarming looking back on this I could not stomach reading the things that I wrote at 10, 11, what 12. Were you I threw them out. They were just so <laughs> silly and ridiculous, like, but not in a cute way. Like, I like can't even. Boys I feel like I or... blocked it out. Yeah, just like, oh, like this stupid stuff I wrote. <laughs> <And> stupid 10-year-old? <laughs> that's this? not to say, like, if you're a 10-year-old and you're listening to this, like, definitely journal. You're probably way cuter than I am. Uh, you're And you're going to enjoy looking back on those journals. But for me, it held nothing. Like, it held no version of sentimental value. I threw them out. What's one thing? Okay, give me one example. Like, what wasn't cute? I just need to know now. If you're going to say the journal is your book, you need to expound. I'm trying to think of examples. I mean, some of it was just like, there's no sentimental value in this. One, one, one journal entry was me listing out all the things I got for Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> that's I just adorable like, no it's that's a, it's Jill it was like because... bullet points of me misspelling that I got pens and stickers and like Jill, that's alligator not that's, that's what you do at 10 like what else is going there's or, nothing else in your like, life that should be more important than yeah. what you get for Christmas. Or that, like that's just me sad. complaining at 11 that like I haven't had a boyfriend yet and no boys like me and no boys are ever going to like me. It's just like, it's just so we gross. We that way I'm at like, 11. Sometimes we 11. feel that way at 31, you know? You are some 11. People, <laughs> some people feel that way at, at 31, okay, Jill? Like, don't. You, yeah, and you know what, don't. though? Like, you're fine. It felt like... The 11 year old me was journaling as if I was 43. And it just was like, I I think it felt like I thought I was so much older than I was. And I just couldn't stomach it. I'm like, I, there's never again going to be a moment where like I want to read this and remember that these were the thoughts that I thought. So I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I... So I read back when we moved and I cleared out some of like I had two boxes, like memory boxes, and I wanted to consolidate to one. And it is hilarious, like how when I made those two boxes five years ago, how easy it was to consolidate to one five years later. Yeah, it's hilarious. But so I found one of my journals. I kept it. But it was like I was going through a breakup and... I was sad because a pair and he broke up with me. He dumped me. And I'm sad 
that I made him feel some type of way that he felt he needed to break up with me. Uh, that right? was hard to read. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was hard to read. Uh-huh. That was hard to read. But it was very educational. <laughs> yeah. And I got to see how far I've come. Yeah. No one can undo me and make me question everything that I know quite like myself. (laughs) And so that's why I say my journal can be an Mm -hmm. upending book. Yes. Well, it's better not to. There you go. There you go. Five out of the six books stated can be can be read. Uh, the other see, one can be read, and one's the only copy was thrown away. Yeah, dig through the uh, trash, see what you find, and we hope that you get to read at least one of them uh, this winter slash early spring. Yeah, and let us know what you thought of it. Let us know if we were on the money, or uh, if you're like, actually, you should probably talk about this one next time. And I know we keep saying book club, and what we mean by that is these are the books we're recommending. Pick one, start your own club, or you could also join our membership where people are able to get together in a club and talk with other fellow frugal friends. Frugal Friends Club, where we facilitate people coming together that have all heard this episode and are like, maybe I want to read this book with other people, but nobody else in my life is a frugal friend. Not true. They are there. They are at the Frugal Friends Club. Yes. Speaking of that private community where those monthly money challenges, book clubs, accountability groups are happening, we want to call out one of our members, Corey, who shared, to my surprise, Something actually came up that I did not want to make time for in my schedule this week. So I said no. Mm, Boundaries. This is from last month's simplifying challenge, where one of the weeks you had to simplify your schedule in some way. And we all know that simplifying our schedule makes it easier to spend money intentionally. And that was kind of the purpose of that week. And so congrats, Corey. That was very convenient <laughs> that it came up for you during this challenge. And proud that you you said no. You were in the right place at the right time to say no. Yep. No more excuses needed. No is a full sentence. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If any of this sounds interesting, if you want to learn how to make no a full sentence, or you know, you want to be part of a book club or an accountability group or do a money challenge, head over to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. You can check out all the things that are going on there, what challenge we have coming up next. Hopefully we'll see you over there. If not, we'll see you here. And we'll definitely see you at the one week spending challenge, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash makeover. That is going to be just a small introduction to what we are doing over in Frugal Friends Club. It's just like a tiny little piece of the pie. So if you're kind of like, I want to try out the Frugal Friends Club, then join us, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash makeover. And uh, you'll probably meet some of our members over there taking doing their extra credit in the one week spending makeover so we'll see you we'll see you somewhere see you somewhere (laughs) frugal friends is produced by eric siriani
When do you do most of your book listening? When I'm doing home renovation things. So Mm. like I did, when I did painting, I was listening. So when I think of when I did painting, I was listening to Cultish. When I listened, when I was priming, I listened to this book called Never Saw Me Coming. And it is a, it's an interesting, it's not my favorite book that I've ever read. It has an amazing premise though. So it is a group of psychopaths, like kids. <laughs> Can you tell what Kid, Jen's I mean, into? Teenagers. I mean, I'm into it too. I'm not going to lie. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm not sorry. This is me. So it is centered on this one girl. She's a clinically diagnosed psychopath, and she goes to this college where they are doing a program for psychopaths to kind of like study them and integrate the teach them strategies to integrate into society because they believe not all psychopaths end up being killers and serial killers and stuff. And, and stuff. then <laughs> and stuff. And then some but this girl has every intention of killing this guy. There's a whole story behind that. That's a subplot. So it's funny because she's in this program to like be a normal member of society and the whole time she's plotting like murder. And then somebody starts murdering students in the psychopath program. And they're like, which psychopath is killing all of us? And so they go first on a trying to figure out who's in the program because they don't tell you who's in the program. They all find each other. Uh And then, and finding out who's trying to kill them. Wow. So lots of murder in this one. (laughs) So much murder. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, I would recommend beginning first one of the four books that we recommended today (laughs) that'll actually like expand and grow. It is. Yeah. So it it has such a great premise. The execution was not um, up to par. It was a little it was a little YA young adult, Uh but it was not a young adult topic. Uh So I don't know. Uh Okay. I don't know. Okay. Wow. So that's why I didn't talk about it in the lightning round. Because <laughs> I'm I glad you did it. Better. I'm glad you did. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Might be a little bit too much for the listener who doesn't listen this far. Me. But then I also love Disney vloggers on YouTube. I watch a lot of Disney. Uh, okay. Hard People left turn. Disney. I love Disney. Hard left turn. It me. <laughs> love you for that. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.